0: How did you define yourself? Like, did you come up with that definition or was that gifted to you?
1: Welcome to the Achieve Today podcast where you will learn valuable insights, tips that work, and insider strategies to help you overcome your limiting beliefs and progress towards achieving your goals, not tomorrow, not the next day, but today. My name is Jake Mix and I am your host for this week's episode where we will be diving deep and talking about limiting beliefs. To help us do so, we have the Director of Coaching of Achieve today, Mr. Adam Mortimer. Adam, how are you?
0: I'm doing awesome, thanks for having me here. Good,
1: well we're excited. You're the Director of Coaching. You've been working here, how long have you been working in Achieve today?
0: Uh, 16, 17 years, around there. 16
1: or 17 years, okay. You have. You're a speaker, you're an author, you're writing your third book right now, which is unbelievable, Mm -hmm. right? You've done so much in your time here, and then also before that, you have an incredible story. Uh, he's the one that's going to be able to talk to us a little bit about what limiting beliefs are, the basic fundamentals, but then also you know how how to get rid of them well, first how to identify them, but then also to clear them. So Adam, let's get right into it. Yeah. I, I first want to hear a little bit about your story. So just give us a background of your life, how you got into personal development and how you discovered limiting
0: beliefs. Uh, yeah, for sure. So um, going back, you know, six years old, my family and I were homeless, lived in a warehouse, grew up feeling like making money was bad, feeling like I was just going to be an average person. And that's just how it was going to be. Um, all sorts of limiting beliefs all the way up into to college. Um, I remember my wife come to me when I was deciding what degree I was going to do. She said, what, do, what degree do you want to do? And I said, well, I want to do a communications degree. And she looked at me and she's like, "Is that what you really want to do?" <laughs> and I was like, "No." She's like, "Well, why are you choosing that?" I go, "I don't know. I you're supposed to go to college and this is the one degree that doesn't involve math." Mm. And I had this belief like I'm not smart. I can't do math. Therefore, I'm not going to I'm not going to go for this degree. And she looked at me and she said, "You know, Adam, you're you're one of the smartest people I know." And it was like that was literally the first time in my life I had somebody like really challenge my beliefs that I was an idiot, right that i'm <laughs> dumb i'm I'm not smart enough, yeah, and I kind of thought to myself, well, yeah maybe, maybe I can do this and so I, I got the paper, started doing the took the math assessment, they set me in a math class that was like three grades below what you can even get credit for. <laughs> I mean, so I had to go to school, not even, I mean, how, how, like school's not fun as it is. Imagine not getting credit for it either. Right, right? oh man. Yeah. So I'm going and like, this is a number. And I'm, I'm there like <laughs> taking notes, like, wow, this is this is life changing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I had a different mindset, right? Instead of sitting in the back of the class, I moved up to the front of the class. Mm. I started taking notes, you know, little things that I started learning. And I'll never forget the moment it was in, uh calculus class of all places I'm, I'm i'm teaching the class how to do a derivative and it's taking up both sides of the chalkboard uh the well the the whiteboard and i was just kind of had of one of those moments like oh my gosh look how far i've come so i go outside and i'm like i heard all these people say if you want to master life you got to master the mind so i remember saying a prayer i went outside i said god i want to master the mind like i want i know the secrets of the mind and the thought came into my mind and my heart, like, my son, you can fill many libraries on that topic. You're not going to learn about it all right now. Like I was expecting a download, right? Wow, that was my yeah. thing. And, but it led me on a journey. I, I went to um, the library and there was a book that just kind of jumped out on the uh, of the shelf at me. And it was called um, The Art of Hypnosis by C. Roy Hunter. And I'd always been interested in hypnosis and, you know, having that mind control, mind power. And I, I took the book home, page 84 on the art of hypnosis has an induction script. So I went home with my best hypnotic voice. Mm-hmm. And I said uh, to my, my, my sister, my, my, my mom, I said, you guys want to be hypnotized? And to my utter surprise, they're like, yeah, let's do it. I'm <laughs> like, really? You guys trust me with this? It's my first time doing it. And so um, I walked through the, you know, you are now feeling very, very relaxed. (laughs) And I started going through the whole thing with them. And I noticed the expression on their face kind of went to just like almost like a blank stare. And I was like, I think they're hypnotized. Like, I think I freaking did it. This is awesome. (laughs) And so... I started doing these little like experiments with them to see if they're really hypnotized, like you're feeling cold now. And they're like, oh, (laughs) you're now feeling hot. And they're like, oh, it's so hot. And then uh, I said, you know, you're on you're on the edge of a cliff and and was the carpet. Right. And and if you jump over this, you're going to fall off this cliff. Well, my sister jumped and she screamed like she was legitimately falling off a cliff. And I was like, it scared me. I was like, whoa, like man, if I was like an acting coach, this is like the best secret sauce to become a great actor is just hypnotize yourself. I think a lot of actors actually do that. Um, but anyway, we, we, we started doing all these funny things. My, my dad's watching a, a BYU football game. We're big BYU fans. And my, I, my mom's under hypnosis at this point. And I say, Mom, you are a cheerleader and I want you to do the most amazing cheer imaginable right now. And she jumps in front of the TV and starts doing this whole like cheer. My dad's looking at her like, what are you guys doing? I'm trying to watch a football game here. So I I wanted to push the limits to see was she just like acting or was there something deeper to this? And so I said, "Um, Mom, or I just said, I I want you to imagine yourself as a hungry monkey. She starts jumping around like a (laughs) monkey and uh, my uh, dad's socks now my dad has notoriously smelly feet okay Mm. and so i said the only food in sight are those bananas and i pointed to the socks she gets down on all fours (laughs) rips the socks off his feet and starts stuffing them in her mouth (laughs) what (laughs) i'm dead serious i was shocked i was like what i was like wow that was way out of the order like my mom would never do that in a million years (laughs) And I didn't know what to do because she stopped stuffing them. And so I go, oh, uh, the banana turned into poo. So she's like, "Uh." (laughs) I had to get the sock out of her mouth. And then um, the phone rings. My sister's still under hypnosis. So she gets on. It's her young women's leader. And I look at her and I go, I want you to sing the I love you song from Barney now (laughs) without skipping a beat. She busted into song. If you know my sister, she's very shy. She would never do that in a million years. When her, she told me later, she goes, when I went to Young Women's, my Young Women's leader was like, what was with you bursting into song randomly? And she goes, I was hypnotized. And yeah. she didn't buy it. She's like, yeah, right. Come on.
1: <laughs> did, did that scare you that you it had was. almost that much power? Like, It is
0: scary. Right. It, it was scary, but it was also like, wow. Like how much of us are walking around every day and we're hypnotized based on these beliefs, based on these like suggestions that have been given to us without our permission. Mm. And we've bought them hook, line and sinker. And we're acting those things out in our lives. So I used the hypnosis. I used it for weight loss. Um, I was a hundred uh, couldn't get past 180 pounds um, used hypnosis. And I was able to get down past 180 pounds and it was it was spooky because I looked at my wife and I said, "I'm at my weight goal and I haven't even tried." And she looks at me and goes, "What are you talking about? You haven't tried. You you've been eating better. You've been exercising." But I had one of those moments like I have. I had somehow tapped into the that that habit right, the automatic function of the body and. It was really a bizarre experience.
1: Wow, Well, let's, and let's talk about hypnosis yeah. because it's a very woo-woo topic, right? A lot of people don't believe it. A lot of people don't believe that you can do such a thing or be under such a state of mind. So let's make it more simple. Sure. What is hypnosis? What is it, yeah. And can we, can we simplify it a little bit?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so hypnosis is when you're driving down the road and you've been uh, following all the traffic rules and everything, but you can't remember the last 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Or you're so zoned out watching a movie that by the time the movie's done, you you don't even, you're like, whoa, <laughs> time just flew by. Yeah. Or when you wake up in the morning and you know you're not fully awake and you're not fully asleep, you're right there in between. And the reality is we pass through a state of hypnosis multiple times, about seven times in a day. When you're daydreaming, that's a hypnotic trance. When you're zoned out, hypnosis has been around for thousands and thousands of years. It's been known, Egyptians used to practice hypnosis. Uh, Many, many people practice hypnosis. Uh, Many shaman practice hypnosis, witch doctors practice hypnosis. Mm. But to take the the woo woo out of it, I mean, there's been a lot of studies on hypnosis and they found that the part of the brain that, that controls your inhibitions actually shuts down during hypnosis, which is why people can go up and act like crazy people on the stage and seem to not even care about it.
1: Wow. Okay. Well, very cool. Well, and so when you, sorry, you're in the state of like hypnotizing someone, um, Is it just like changing their, their core beliefs in the moment or
0: no, no, you're not, you're not changing beliefs. You're working with their belief system. Okay. So people won't do what they normally wouldn't do, uh, outside of their belief. In other words, even though they're under hypnosis, you, it's still not full blown mind control. Sure. Okay. Um, okay. they, they actually, and people could look this up. CIA used to practice hypnosis back in the 60s, 70s. They studied it uh, through a program called MK Ultra, And this is public knowledge now. You go look it up. Yeah. Um, but there was an experiment that they did. It was very interesting. They had a soldier come in. They wanted to see how far could they get a soldier to go. Could they get a soldier to kill a general? Okay. Wow. So that was the experiment, and they had uh, now, of course, in the army, you're you're taught to respect and honor your generals and your officers and people in higher authority, and so to kill them would go obviously go against a heavily ingrained belief system. Yeah. But here's how they bypassed that. They said that general was actually a Japanese spy disguised as the general. Oh, jeez. So. Wow you You normally wouldn't do people aren't going to do normally what they they wouldn't do outside of their belief system, but if you can work within the belief system, then then you you can work it that way. so mm,
1: okay, so on a on a personal level, yeah. you know with with each one of the listeners who are who are tuning in, how do you change your belief system? And that might be a discussion about limiting beliefs in general. so yeah. one of those,
0: yeah, so for sure. So limiting belief is any belief either conscious or subconscious that's holding you back. All limiting beliefs have their roots in self-identity. All of them. So it's self-image. And people say, well, why is self-image so important? We talk about that in, in personal development a lot. Well, self-image is important because, for example, I want you to imagine right now you are the president of the United States of America. Okay? Okay. President Mix. Mm-hmm. You like the sound of that, huh? I do. I love the sound <laughs> okay, <of> that. Okay, <laughs> there you go. All right. So President Mix, um, if you really believed that that was true today, you really authentically believed that. Yeah. How many of your thoughts, emotions, actions would be influenced by that belief? It'd
1: mm. be different for sure. Well, what do you think? I don't know. I'd probably just like hold myself to a little bit of a higher standard. Um,
0: well, what would you do? I mean, if you really thought you were the president right now, what would you do?
1: I'd probably talk differently.
0: Like I, okay. so it impact how you talk. It
1: probably impact how I talk. Impact how I think. How you think. I, like, I'd be a lot more busy. Obviously, there's a lot more, lot more responsibility. Um, man, president of the United States, I would be, I would just be a man, man of confidence, man who could go out to any audience and, and speak to them. So and, your
0: self identity even impact your confidence. It's going to impact how you talk. Interesting. Yeah. It's going to impact how. So you start going down the list of all these things, you'll realize that it's. Everything, every area of your life is influenced by your self-identity. The reality of self-identity is most people were just given their self-identity. I mean, the question that that I ask people is, how did you define yourself? Like, did you come up with that definition or was that gifted to you?
1: Hmm.
0: And if it was gifted to you, chances are, you were not gifted a healthy self-identity. Right. You know, when I started looking at my self-identity, I was gifted the self-identity of I'm the middle child. I kind of felt less than, not good enough. I'm not going to make a big impact. That was the identity that was given to me. I've changed that identity, which has allowed me, kind of set me free from that cage that I was in.
1: Right. Wow. So how does, yeah, how does one find these limiting beliefs or their self identity, some things that sounds like it's come from the past, right? It is. Yeah. Or a lot of things that that are in their belief system now. So how does one identify? How how does one get aware of some of these
0: things? So uh, a few things that you can do. So one is looking at your current dreams. Right, so if you can remember your dreams and, and people- you, you as, t- in,
1: as in goals or like
0: dream, no, dreams Like literally, your little your dreams. Little like dream. when okay, you good. are sleeping okay. and you are dreaming, <laughs> All right? right? Okay. So when you are asleep and, and you wake up and there's that brief moment when you can remember your dreams. Side right. note, by the way, the moment that you can remember your dreams have you ever noticed how they slip away very fast Yeah, and then you can't remember them?
1: Yeah, I don't like it sometimes.
0: <laughs> that moment, yeah, sometimes they're really good. We like those <laughs> dreams. I know which ones you're talking about. So in that moment, though, when you have that ability to remember those dreams, that's when you're in a space of crossover. That's where the subconscious and conscious are communicating. Hmm. That's exactly where I'm trying to get you in hypnosis. Where you're, there's a, there's a exchange of information happening. Okay. That was a side note. Right. Cool. Um, So how do, so notice the role that you're playing in your dreams. Hmm. Am I the victim in my dreams? Am I the hero? What role do I play in the story of my dreams? That's a good indicator of how your subconscious mind has chosen to see yourself. Now, if you wake up and you're like, man, I was getting chased, I'm getting beat up, I'm getting, this has happened to me. What you wanna do is immediately re-remember the dream. So when you wake up, go back and re-remember it the way you would like it to happen. So you start to mm. rewrite re- uh, rewrite the, the dream. That's a little bit more advanced and, anyway, I don't share that with everybody, but I'm, I'm just giving you an idea. That's that's one way to help help yeah. you start with finding your self-identity. It's interesting. Um, but also looking at your current reality, right? If if it's true that your beliefs create your reality, and I do believe that's true, and to a large extent, I mean, obviously there's action you got to work and things like that, but our our fundamental belief systems do create our reality at a, at a core level. Then our current reality is just a mirror of what how you see yourself. Hmm. So you might look at it and go, "Wow!" and that's kind of for some people. That's like that takes. That's like a huge leap of faith to be able to take that level of personal responsibility. Like I'm responsible for my reality. It might not be your fault. And I want to there's a clear dif- you know, clear difference. It's not your fault, but it's your responsibility. Your your reality that's shown up right now, the parts that you don't like is your responsibility to fix, and it's a good indicator of how you've how you see yourself. Okay. So one of the things we ask is What are the beliefs that are creating this reality? What beliefs have I bought into that's causing this to show up? If I intentionally wanted to manifest this, so it's kind of reverse engineering it, right? Working backwards. That's one way we do it with our clients. Um, Checking in with yourself multiple times a day, noticing the random thoughts that come up in your mind. Like, what what do you think about when you don't have to think? That moment when it's your data just chattering? Observe the chatter. What's the mind talking about? Hmm. Because chances are, that's a habit. And that's the way you've been talking to yourself for a very long time. And if you can become aware of that, and write that down, then as a coach, we can help clear that out.
1: Hmm. So what are some examples of those limiting beliefs or things that you'll start to recognize if you're yeah. a little bit more aware?
0: Yeah, for sure. You know, so we, we talk about this idea that all limiting beliefs have the roots in self-identity. We also say that what sustains all blocks is our identification with them. Okay. When we say, be, be careful what follows I am, whatever follows I am will follow you. So the moment you I say, am. I am just that way, I am this kind of a person, right? That you are you are literally taking a piece of that and attaching it to your internal identity, and mm. once it becomes a part of you, it can be hard to let go. I mean, it's like chopping off your your right arm, hmm. right? It can be very dangerous. What was the? Can you repeat the the first part of that question? Uh, just
1: just some different examples uh-huh. of like very specific examples of things that you'll start to recognize. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Like maybe I am statements, right? Or just some examples of this.
0: I think a lot of people recognize um, that they may be a little bit more negative than they thought they were Mm. when they check in at random. When you're checking in 10 times a day and the idea is to just get a baseline of how are you thinking, how are you feeling? and We call it your habitual state of consciousness. So that's when you kind of notice you're a little bit more negative than maybe you thought you were. The other big one is um, you're going to notice some of the common limiting beliefs like I'm not good enough. I don't deserve it. I'm not worthy. I mean, these things, if people only knew how common those three were, we'd all get over ourselves and go out and just live our dreams. I mean, we really would. Like, from my perspective, after coaching so many people, it's like, why do we hold on to this garbage, these limitations? Um, Fear of failure is a really big one. And then fear of success. Those are the five most common blocks that come up over and over.
1: Okay. Well, cool. And I really like this idea of, reminding yourself like 10 times a day to just check in with yeah. your emotions. So do you suggest just putting a timer on your phone or what would you suggest to do that?
0: Yeah. Um, there's a lot of mindfulness apps out there. Okay. So download a mindfulness app, sure. a gong bell, bong. And it just, Oh, Hey, how am I think How am I feeling right now? What are you thinking? Yeah, And it just catches you in the moment. It's like, Oh, well, I was thinking about this. Hmm. Oh, I was thinking of, you know, yeah and then just write it down, and then we come back and we get a good idea. After after a week of doing that, we have 70 check-ins. And I like my clients just to write Amazing. an up arrow, down arrow, or sideways arrow for positive, negative, or neutral, and then really quickly they get a visual of are you most often positive? Are you more negative? Or are you somewhere in between? Kind of where are you at?
1: Wow. So how many of the students that you work with come into the program without ever being aware of what they're feeling what they're thinking like are you are you always having to teach these concepts new or do people have some grasp and how does that manifest um, itself
0: i think i think there's we do a really good good job in the initial consultation sure because i think that i i think this is becoming more and more mainstream the idea of limiting beliefs and blocks and how to remove those blocks um but there's there's still a lot of there's still a lot of work to do right there's right. So you get, you get a wide spectrum, but I would say 80% of people that come in and coach with me, they have a basic understanding. Now they don't know how to clear the blocks, but they have a basic understanding of what they are and, um, they just need help finding the blocks because it's really difficult for people to see their own limitations. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I, I, say, try to look at your eyeball without looking into reflection. You know, and and (laughs) we're we're the non-reversing mirror that shows only the pure truth.
1: Yeah. Wow. Well, and and for those who are listening, I just want to give an idea here. For the consultation that Adam is talking about, uh, it's a 45-minute consultation. You can sign up for it. It is absolutely free where you will talk with an expert to clarify your goals, to identify some of those limiting beliefs that we've been talking about today. I'm not worthy enough. Uh, different things like that, they have a really good knowledge and background in helping you identify some of those stuff uh, and some of that stuff and and helping you to to overcome those. So let's talk about, you've identified it, you've identified, you know, I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. What's the next step to say, I wanna get rid of it? Like, yeah. how, how do you remove it?
0: Perfect, and it's a great question. Um, removing a limiting belief, gotta understand a few things about emotions and how emotions play a critical role in our health i think this is something that western medicine has screwed over a lot of people because they're not recognizing the power of emotions and how emotions you know the emotion of stress right stress is such a vital piece in in what causes disease and why is that when you're stressed you get into fight-or-flight mode and it pushes blood from your internal organs out to the extremities and it leaves you susceptible to disease. Have you ever been stressed out and suddenly you get a cold? Uh, yeah. Right? Happens <laughs> all the time. not, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> that, that happens all the time. And so, um, anyway, so clearing clearing the limiting belief is turning off the emotion. So here's a question I have for you Is If you couldn't feel emotion, Jake, let's say I just wiped right. every emotion away from you today. I could hit a delete button in your brain. Hmm. What would your life be like?
1: Well, I think I think the uh, the first initial thing would be like, well, it'd be pretty great not to like fill any of the negative stuff, but then you'd also wouldn't feel any of the positive stuff, and so there wouldn't be much to life, in my opinion, if you.
0: So, so you're saying emotion is one of the key ingredients to life?
1: Oh, absolutely. Because yeah.
0: without it, I, the most common responses I get people like, well, "Let me be a robot, right? If I didn't have emotion, <laughs> yeah. I'd just yeah, be that's a robot, true, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, you'd feel like you'd feel robotic, and so here's an interesting thing that happened to a man. Do you know that there's people right now that have had a part of their brain damaged to the point where they could, cannot feel emotion. Mm. So this is how, yeah. So what happened was very interesting. These people, and of all places, I met two people on the exact same day that had this exact same condition that verified that this is true. And uh, anyway, they did a study and they found that these people that couldn't feel Lost their ability to make an effective decision. So, for example, to decide what socks they were going to wear in the morning, that took them 30 minutes. Oh my gosh! Could you imagine?
1: That'd be so tough.
0: And and then to decide to decide what they're going to eat for dinner, that that took like two hours. So their life was just it was horrible because they couldn't feel. And so, clearing a limiting belief is really turning off the emotion attached to the belief. And uh, I I believe there's two key things that drive us. Number one, it's our emotions. And uh, number two, in no particular order, they're both important, uh, your self-identity. Those two things are what's driving the vast majority of, of our behaviors on a deep, deep level.
1: Well, let's talk about, I mean, we've got about five minutes left, but I want to get into maybe a specific or practical way that you can clear a limiting yeah, for belief. Sure. Can it be done on your own or do you have to have a coach yeah. to help you do so?
0: Um, so it's really good to have a coach to help you identify the limiting beliefs, hold you accountable, those types of things, but you can definitely clear on your own. There's not a, there's nothing to stop you from doing that and practicing that. I would say with clearing, yeah. it's important that you realize it's conditioning, Right. Just like you wouldn't work out once and be like, well, I'm glad I don't have to do that anymore. You wouldn't weed a garden once and be like, oh, I'm glad I don't ever have to weed the garden again. Well, the mind's no different. There's a certain level of self-care you gotta take. So I have five simple steps. Um, Number one, identify the limiting belief. Mm. So I'm not good enough. and if anybody's listening, they can go through this real quick with me. Uh, I'm not good enough as one um, or, or whatever the belief is. So identify the belief. Number two is rate the emotional charge. So when you tune into that belief of I'm not enough, how strong is the emotion, right? Mm. So every belief, the subconscious naturally assigns an emotional weight or value to it. And we do this subconsciously. And so tune into it, notice what you feel. You might go, well, gosh, when I think of not enough, gosh, that's like a, dude, I feel that like a nine, that's strong. Mm. All right. The next piece is the metaphor. We know that the subconscious mind works through metaphors. Um, Before the written language, we told stories i mean if you look at virtually every tradition especially the indigenous tr- traditions how do they pass information from one generation to another
1: they're writing things down right yeah
0: well before they could write things down it was song and dance oh, and yeah. story yeah no great right? point. great point so look at look at native americans look at the hawaiians or the polynesian culture um, and you'll see that that's how they passed information out so there's a part mm. of us that's hardwired for story hardwired for metaphor and when we dream we also dream in stories and metaphors. Hmm. And so cool. that's the language of the subconscious. So we use that same language, visualization, story, metaphor, to eliminate the limiting belief. So a simple one they could do is think of a color. When 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 you notice where you feel the emotion, notice where you feel it in the body, and then give it a color. You might say, well, I feel it in my heart, and it's like, red is the first thought that comes to my mind okay great if you can't think of a color make a color up it's not a big deal okay just attach that to it's more of the association that's important okay so you visualize it you see it and then you actually visualize pulling it outside of your body and then chop it up Hmm. step number four is you re-rate it (laughs) step number five is rinse and repeat so typically people are going to go down at about one to two points every time they do it and you just continue to do it until the emotions turned off i love that yeah.
1: Well, great. That's, yeah, that's an awesome, very practical way. So appreciate mm-hmm. that. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, Adam, we are at our time here. For anyone listening, Adam Mortimer has a great energy. He's been working in the business for, man, a long time now. And he has helped thousands of students all over the world. He's an incredible coach. If you'd like to possibly work with Adam, uh, go or to learn more about Adam, go to AchieveToday.com coaches. And then if you'd like to sign up for that free 45 minute consultation, go to AchieveToday.com where uh, just right on the front page, you can put in your info. Someone will give you a call within probably a week and help you through uh, through that consultation to help you to identify some of your limiting beliefs and then really clarify your area across the board. Awesome, well thank you for joining in and we will talk to you soon.